Lord, thank you for these men. As we um, move together again this morning, I thank you that you have, after week two, still kept us engaged enough to want to crawl our hindies out of bed and get here with other guys and say, let's get after it again. Uh, Father, I thank you for the way that you have used the fact that we gathered this morning to make all of us more disciplined in our study and memorization and prayerfully now application of what we are learning. We don't want to just be guys who are gathering. We want to be guys who get after it. And so I pray you use today toward that end because we love you, Lord, and uh, you're worth everything. So we are returning to say thanks. We're returning to gather together again as lepers who have been cleansed and saying, Father, thank you for what you've done in our lives and are doing in our lives. In Christ's name, amen. All right, uh, here's what I want you to do as you're walking in. I want you to uh, just turn to the fellow next to you and quote last week's memory verse. What is Luke 16, 13? All right? Because uh, anybody can remember the ten words from this week. Let's see if you learned last week's. Okay, here we go. Let's pull it together. Very good. Listen, guys, uh, what I could do is have you turn to the guy next to you and just tell him your name and address. And you probably wouldn't hesitate after looking up to see where it was. All right? That's the level of memorization you want to be at. If you've got a guy who's gone, no one can, oh, man, I knew it last week. No one can, then, then just spur each other on. All right, and review, review, review. The purpose of the memory verse is not to pass the test Thursday morning at 6.30 with your buddies. The purpose of the memory verse is to hide it in your heart so it informs everything you do all throughout the week. You guys remember the two most important verses we're going to look at the entire year? James 1.22. Beloved, let us not just be merely hearers who delude ourselves, but doers also. And 1 John 3.18. Let us not love with word or with tongue, but in deed and in truth. So the purpose of study is that it might bring about transformation in our life. All right? We want to be guys who things are different because we walk with Jesus. That leprosy, all right, the leprosy of sin has been dealt with. So we're glad you're here this morning. We're going to look at Luke 17 and 18 today briefly, and then let you guys get in your small groups and really dive in with one another. Um, Luke 17, let's just take a look at the very beginning, because... Just like last week, there seemed to be this little um, you know, ejection of uh, coherent thought by Jesus into this random statement about divorce and remarriage. We've got a similar situation happening right there again. In Luke 17, verses 1 and 2, he's talking about how the fact is that you don't want to cause anybody to stumble. And um, you know, if you do cause somebody to stumble, then, then it's not going to go well for you, because God takes seriously his desire to bring along the little ones. Not just children, but spiritually um, immature folks. And so he says, be on your guard then. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times a day and returns to you seven times saying, I repent, forgive him. You kind of go, well, Jesus, how are those two things connected? Well, there's um, probably several ways. But the primary way that I want to just focus on with you this morning is that faith and forgiveness are always connected. The person who has been forgiven much forgives much. You cannot forgive somebody continually who has hurt you, who has wronged you, if you don't believe that God loves you. The scripture says to be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ Jesus has forgiven you. And so if you are a person who professes to know God, and yet you have hardness of heart, and bitterness, 
and are unable to forgive other people, it's going to influence little children's perception of God. These two things could not be more connected. If you are not a person that is willing to extend forgiveness and seek forgiveness, you will not only uh, cause others to stumble in their faith, you will give them a retarded faith. Or you will give them an um, ill-conceived faith. These two chapters talk a lot about faith. And one of the things that Jesus is saying is, if you don't have faith in me, you won't forgive. And if you do have faith in me, you will be a forgiving person. Now, we're going to let you watch a movie this morning. All right? So uh, don't be turning the iPhones on, reviewing your memory verse. Just walk in and have faith that men are going to love you if you repent and say, I didn't do it this week. All right? I want you just to be still. And I want you to watch this little story about our friend Carlos. We've showed it here one other time. Uh, one of the things that I hate about uh, you know, the media that we produce here so often is that we kind of show it once and move on. And if you weren't here that Sunday, you missed it. And uh, this is a great story about one of the members of our body that uh, has modeled this for all of us. So focus on this and have your faith enlarged. Check this out. My name is Carlos Ramirez. As you can hear, I have an accent. I'm from Mexico City. My aunt and uncle... Uh, Martha and Francisco and their two kids, Leslie and David. David was seven and Leslie was four. 1996, they were kidnapped. Nobody ever called to ask for any ransom on money or uh, anything. We just knew that they were gone. So I was on duty to get the phone when we got this phone call from the police. I mean, what's going on? I said, well, we believe we find some bodies and some remains and we asking somebody to come and identify these people. Me and my cousin, we follow the police to this location and it was um, one of the hardest things I have ever done and uh, just to go there and identify them and uh, they, they were my family. Around 80% of their bones, they were broken. And that moment is when I, I started um, feeling bitterness and anger, resentment, and, uh, and hatred. And I remember thinking, what kind of animal could do something like this, especially to two kids? My grandfather decided to have uh, the four caskets in the church and have a, a ceremonial celebration of their lives. In the end of the funeral, looking at the four caskets of my family there, um, grandfather, my grandfather, stood up and uh, he prayed for the salvation of whoever killed their family. And also he asked God for, God give me so many years of life, enough years so I can have the opportunity to share the gospel to whoever did, did this. I, I couldn't uh, stand grandfather praying for the salvation of this these people. In 97, I moved here, came to the Bible school, a lot of discipline and um, memorizing verses and everything you do in a Bible school. But still, um, the bitterness and anger was there. I got a, a phone call a couple years later that uh, the person that killed our members of our family has been captured. We don't have the death penalty in Mexico, so uh, he got convicted for life. His name is Alex, and uh, 
but I realized that I couldn't move on. Still, knowing that Alex is in prison, it didn't do anything in my heart. I wanted more. A couple months later, I found out by accident that my grandfather uh, has been visiting Alex in prison. And I got really upset. My grandfather visited Alex for oh, around nine months in prison and he led Alex uh, to the Lord. I remember wrestling with the idea of I don't want Alex to know the forgiveness of my God. That's my God. And knowing the, 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 the tool or the vessel or the instrument that God was using was my own grandfather. In one hand, I'm here in ministry, uh, guys and God and His grace using me. In the other hand, is me uh, having a double life, empty life in my heart, and just this hatred and unforgiveness just eating me up. 2004 and 2005, it seems like everywhere that I went, forgiveness was there grace was there that's when i made the decision to uh serve and celebrate recovery and cr it was painful because i have to open an area in my heart that it was so devastated it took those two years to process that and uh, finally i made the call to my grandfather and my dad and said i want to meet alex two days before christmas in 2005 I uh, I was entering the maximum maximum security prison in Mexico City. I started hearing the chains uh, walking and getting closer. I knew that he was coming because security, uh, the two guards in the room, they were there. They started moving, and uh, more security came. I can see it through the window, so I knew that they were they were approaching. It was like a slow motion movie. All those memories, uh, the funeral. Me identifying those those bodies that I, they were rather very vivid in my heart. As the sound of the chains they start getting closer and closer, I saw Alex in the door. My grandfather introduced us. Then my grandfather asked Alex to speak first. He said, "I've been in the cha chains of sin all my life, and I will never be able to fix what I have done." Uh, I did a lot of evil things to you, your family, and other families. Uh, but now that he understood the gospel, he's like, I want you to ask, I want to ask for your forgiveness. The first time that I opened my mouth, uh, no voice came out. My finally answer said, Alex, I forgive you, and I, I do so because Christ has forgiven me. I talked to him about uh, how hard it was for me not just to forgive him but also to see him as brother in Christ uh, because the same blood that has set him free has set me free. It blows my mind away, Alex said, that uh, the father of the lady that I killed is the person that I used to show me his love and grace and mercy. I explained, explained to him that I wanted to wash his feet. He said, there has to be another way. It has to be another way. And I said, no. The greatest example of humility that I found is Jesus washing the disciples' feet. And even he did it to somebody there that later don't betray him. When I went down into my knees, 
and I, I saw his, the chains in his ankles uh, I lost it there um, yeah after I finished we stood up and he stood up from his chair to and we embraced and we hugged and that was the beginning of finding freedom in my own life just to release it to break the bondage and the habit uh, and just to bring that to Christ to the cross and to find hope if your brother sins rebuke him and if he repents forgive him if he sins against you seven times in a day and seven times comes back to you and says I repent forgive him well that won't hinder you in the development of your faith that will teach you your faith. Uh, you see what Carlos said there? I was at Bible college. I was in the summit. I was getting up at 5.30 to shower and uh, grab my stuff and get somewhere. But it wasn't hitting my heart. And I was in bondage. And as a result of that, his ministry was hindered, his life was hindered, and he was hindering others that wanted to really understand the gospel. And that's maybe your story this morning. So I don't know what's happened in your life. I don't know what your wife did this week to you. I don't know what your boss is up to. I don't know how your roommate has been drinking your milk. Not carrying his end of the baggage. But I want to tell you, there is a, a need to offer forgiveness. And there is a need to uh, model the gospel. All right? Now, Offering forgiveness doesn't mean that forgiveness has been executed. I just want to say this. You know, in this case, Alex was seeking forgiveness from Carlos before he was ready to extend it. You might have some folks who aren't ready to seek it, but the, the healing will come in your life. The power of the gospel will be declared through your life when you do what Carlos's grandfather did, which is to say, Father, I forgive this person. I want to extend to them what you've extended to me. I pray that I'm only alive long enough to meet the person face to face. That I can personally execute on that. And then by great grace, you know, his grandfather uh, didn't even say that he would respond to it. But that he would have the ability to represent Christ by saying, I forgive you. Now, you're not forgiven until you ask for it. That's why everybody in this world is not going to be at peace with God. Because God has a forgiving heart to every individual. But if you're here this morning... And God has offered you forgiveness, but you haven't acknowledged your need, the fact that you are chained to sin. Boys, I would tell you, that's, that's uh, priority one for you. And that is to seek his forgiveness and say, I've done some awful things in my life. And I am responsible for the death of your son. He died for me. And I need your forgiveness. What I want to encourage you with this morning is that he is eagerly offered it to you. All you need to do is accept it. But having accepted, He expects you to extend it. Father, I pray that we would not just be men that go to Bible studies. I pray we are men that live the Bible. I pray for individuals this morning that um, have never owned up to the uh, responsible they have toward the murder of your son. That they would, uh, Father, that you would break through this morning, that they would see their evil, they would repent, 
and they would join me uh, as a man saved by grace on murderer's row. And uh, that they would then allow me to have a, allow them to have a ministry with me, uh, either as, a, uh, as an ex-con who's now trying to walk in a way that uh, can serve society, telling their story of grace, talking about their life of pain and destruction that has been redeemed from the pit through the one who loves us. And so we come to you this morning, Master, and we don't want any credit or glory for the things that we do in response to your love because it's just what a servant does. We obey, and we're thankful that we've been given the privilege. Would you use our study of Luke 17 and 18 to burn these truths in our heart? And would you bring home some murderers in this room this morning who have never, ever looked you in the eye and asked for the forgiveness that you have so eagerly extended? Help us, Father, to be people of faith who then extend that forgiveness to others. Amen.